Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. As always, as soon as you feel ready to get in on the 2022 U.S. Open action yourself, turn to our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. All you got to do is go there and place a $1 bet using our promo code AOD. You do that, you get $100 in free bets to play with for the rest of the action in New York. That sounds like a winning proposition to me. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook today and again, use that promo code AOD to let them know that we sent you there with that in mind. Day five of the 2022 U.S. Open is upon us. Third round action. That means only 16 singles matches on the day. And I say only 16. That's still a healthy amount of tennis for all of us to enjoy, but certainly feels more manageable than the first four days of the event. Feels like you can make an effort, particularly if you're in my job to watch a little bit of all 16 of those matches. Feels like we're going to get a good grasp on how all of these players are playing down the home stretch of the year's final slam. As such, I'm anticipating success over the remainder of this 2022 U.S. Open. Now, I'm recording this podcast earlier in the day than usual. As such, we still don't have results for our day four picks, but for some reason, I'm feeling a sudden burst of inspiration. I'm feeling like we're about to turn things in a winning direction here on this segment, of course. With that said, day five slate of matches is tough. You got to put your confidence on the line with your day five picks. It may be a day where some of you feel most comfortable just kicking up your feet, enjoying the tennis, and staying away from actually diving into any of the action. And we always respect that play here at Crack Rackets. Of course, I'm going to offer you picks for each and every day, but if you're someone who just prefers to watch the action rather than get in on it yourself, there's no shame in that decision. Each tennis fan should enjoy the sport as they like. With that said... I'm ready to put my confidence on the line. I'm ready to test my knowledge, test my background in watching all of these players week in, week out, and take a couple of underdogs here on day number five. Certainly, you can make a case for just about every player remaining in the tournament to win their matches, and on today's show, what I want to do, as I started yesterday, is run you through every match on day 16. Now, I'm not going to spend two minutes breaking them all down, but, you know, a quick 30-second synopsis on what I'm thinking as I look at each of the matches. We can talk about the DraftKings Sportsbook money lines for for each of these battles, talk about the tennis abstract singles forecast as well. I'll do that to end today's show. Of course, I want to start by offering you my aces of the day. I have three picks I feel most confident in on day number five. As always, I want to run you through the numbers for each of the players, run you through the reasoning behind my picks, and then we'll break down the rest of day five's matches. Again, a shout out to our friends at DraftKings for their support of this segment, for their support of what we're doing here at Crack Rackets. Again, use that promo code AOD, bet $1, get $100 in free bets to use however you'd please throughout the remainder of the 2022 U.S. Open. With that said, let's get into it. Here are my three aces of the day for day five of the 2022 U.S. Open. Let's start with Ludmilla Samsonova. All she's done during this North American hardcourt stretch of the season is win. 12 consecutive victories for 
for the 23-year-old Russian. Of course, you look for Samsonova. She wins the City Open title. She doesn't drop a set, wins five matches in under six hours on her way to the title in Cleveland last week. And then two straight set victories for Samsonova thus far at this U.S. Open. In particular, her round two victory on Wednesday over 14th seed and 2021 U.S. Open finalist Layla Fernandez was really a shot to anyone who had any remaining doubts in Samsonova that she is a contender not only to do damage at this U.S. Open, she is a contender to win the freaking title. You look for Samsonova. Some of the numbers during this win streak have just been remarkable. Now, she's won 12 consecutive matches. That's the tied for third longest win streak of this 2022 season. Of course, Iga Sviantek reigns supreme. She's won 37 straight. Bernarda Pera won 13 straight in that June-July stretch. And then Samsonova and Haddad Maya have won 12 consecutive matches. Haddad Maya did it on the grass court. Samsonova here on the hard courts. She's also 24-2 in her last 26 sets. She's dropped just two sets in this 12-match win streak, each of those sets being dropped, of course, at the City Open, one of them to Alia Tamjanovic. I'm blanking on who the other set was dropped to, but again, 24-2 and two in, this, in her last 26 sets. She's only played three breakers in those 26 sets. She's 3-0 and in all three of those tie-break sets, but again, she's not just winning all of her sets. She's winning all of her sets comfortably as well, of course. She's technically 8-0. I said said 7-0 because I think Alia Tamjanovic is a top 50 player, but she's technically 8-0 uh, or I have it as 7-0 against players ranked 51-plus during this 12-match win streak. The key number, though, she's dropped just 20 games in 14 sets in those seven victories against players ranked outside the top 50. Again, just 20 total games dropped in seven victories. That's a remarkable, you know, again, if you're dropping about a game per set, you know, a lot of six ones, a lot of six loves to balance out any six twos, six threes that may have snuck in. When Ludmilla Samsonova has been winning, she's been dominating lesser opponents. And you look for Samsonova, who's up to number two on the WTA Tour and how frequently she's holding serve Samsonova right around 79% overall on the year. She started the event 65 to one odds a week before her run in Cleveland. She's now the fourth favorite, according to the DraftKings Sportsbook, to capture the 2022 U.S. Open title. Samsonova, 11 to one odds. That trails just Sviantek, Garcia, and Coco Goff. I mean, the books are now respecting Ludmilla Samsonova. We've obviously respected her for a while here on this show. We have offered her weekend privileges and the opportunity to be a caddy at Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club for the past year and a half. She has that sort of in-your-face power. And I know I keep alluding to this anecdote, but speaking with her hitting partner in Cleveland, he spoke about just how dynamic the ball she hits is, how that forehand comes back with more action, more pace than you'd expect, how she redirects pace and generates her own on the backhand with such ease. Again, all the numbers for Ludmilla Samsonova are pointing to her playing the best tennis of her career, are pointing to her peaking on the WTA Tour. You look for Samsonova now, who, despite no fourth rounds at the majors this year, she is uh, currently thriving in the WTA rankings with her run. She's up to uh, a new high in the WTA live rankings. Or excuse me, she's currently sitting at number 29 
nine in the live rankings, but one more victory for her. She'll keep pressing towards that top 25, and you look for her in the points race now. Ludmilla Samsonova all the way up uh, to number 27 in the points race. She's a top 10 player, according to Tennis Abstract's ELO ratings, at least their 2022 specific ELO ratings. That's how good she's been of late, and... You know, again, for Samsonova, she has a very advantageous matchup as she's going to take on Alexandra Krunich. Krunich, a three-set win over Barbara Krachikova in round number two. She pulls off the upset, but Krunich has struggled against high-level competition over much of the past few seasons. You look for Krunich, who's 21-20 and 20 overall for the year. She's into her fifth third round at a major, 1-3 in, in third rounds at Grand Slams, although four of her now five third rounds at the majors and singles have come at the U.S. Open. Her only win over uh, in a round three of a major 2014 U.S. Open against Kvitova. She's 6-13. and 13 versus top 50 players at the majors. And coming into this event, she was 1-12 in in her last 13 matches at majors against top 50 opponents. 3-10 versus the top 50 since the start of 2021. And Krunich's three victories. Krachikova, who obviously isn't playing like the top 50 players she was last year, still working her way back from injury, still regaining her form. So not exactly the strongest top 50 win. She also beat Putenseva, not the strongest top 50 win, as well as Jung Shui, which is a solid top 50 player, but certainly not a top half of the top 50 sort of caliber player that Ludmilla Samsonova has clearly been over the course of the past six weeks. And so again, against elite competition, Krunich 1-12 against the top 50 coming into this U.S. Open in her last 13. Only one R4, round four, at a major in her career. And even the top 50 victories she has earned haven't been against the power players, the the players with elite weapons, the way Ludmilla Samsonova can just take the ball off the racket of Krunich. And Krunich about 5'4", 5'5". You know, that Samsonova kick serve is going to be on her shoulder before she knows it. The height of that Samsonova forehand, she's going to have to be playing every ball on the rise. You know, she's a great counterpuncher, a great athlete, can put you in uncomfortable positions with the angles she's able to generate, but Samsonova's power is going to overwhelm that creativity because Krunich just isn't going to have as much time to get into her book of tricks. I think Samsonova wins this match. I think Samsonova wins this match comfortably, and you look for Ludmilla Samsonova. You know, it's a lot of games. Minus five and a half games is the game spread. Of course, she's a minus 650 money line favorite, which is even too high probably to throw into a parlay. Although, I will say... And I talked about this on Hitting Winners, the Tennis Bets betting show we do with our friends at Tennis.com and Tennis Channel just about every day. You can find it on Twitter. Um, I do think the idea of taking Moneyline favorites because we've had three total seeds on the men's side lose over the past three days. We've, yeah, had a ton of upsets on the women's side and a ton of 7-6 in the thirds and close matches as such. Game spreads are tough on the women's side right now. If you pick a winner, just take her to win and take the value in that, in the win over the trying to look for additional dollar value. I don't hate money line parlays right now. I just don't think Samsonova, you're going to get any value at minus 650. And of course, Samsonova, again, an 85.2% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. I think she wins. And with the game style disparity, I think she wins comfortably. Minus five and a half games is a lot. She's got to win 6-3, 6-3 or better, or, you know, a 7-5 first set and then a lopsided second set. 
I think she's going to do just that. I think the power tennis is going to overwhelm Krunich, and I think it's going to overwhelm her from the start. So I'm going to take Samsonova to cover that hefty spread, minus 5.5 games, minus 120 odds, given how high the game spread is. We'll take it, put the 1.2 unit on it to win one unit in return. I feel good about that ace as ace of the day, number one. Now, aces two and three, a couple of money line underdogs. And get this gets back to that principle of just pick the winner you see as opposed to trying to find additional value here and there. I'm going to ride the Bianca Andreescu train against Caroline Garcia. Of course, Garcia is one of the hottest players on the WTA Tour, arguably the hottest player right now in New York. She's 28 and four. Since June 20th this year, obviously wins the Cincy title, won the Bad Hamburg title, all four loss, uh, excuse me, has, you know, elevated herself to the number one ranking and hold percentage on the WTA Tour, that serve, that plus one forehand, her confidence and willingness to move forward. She has elite weapons that are going to keep her in the ballgame against any opponent because regardless of what they're doing, Caroline Garcia can lean on her own strength to provide her success throughout the course of a match. That said, Andrescu just looked special last night in her straight set victory over uh, Beatrice Haddad Maya, who of course has been one of the 10 most consistent players on the WTA Tour this season. And you look for Bianca Andrescu last night, not only did she knock off Haddad Maya, she knocks off Haddad Maya in straight sets. And, you know, it was the late match, so not a lot of people probably stayed up to watch it. There had been so much drama throughout the course of the day, including the Serena Williams victory. But, you know, Andrescu made 77% of her first serves last night, hit, you know, won 69% of her first serve points, won, you know, uh, 70, excuse me, 69% of her second serve return points and wasn't broken in a 6-2-6-4 victory over Haddad Maya, fought off all five break points that she faced. And yes, she only hit 11 winners, but only 14 unforced errors as well. She was steady. She was aggressive, you know, only 11 winners, but how many errors did she coax out of Haddad Maya? I think that number, you know, would be closer to 10, 15. She just spread the court extraordinarily well and didn't have to rely on the overwhelming power tennis she's capable of playing. She didn't have to be extraordinarily aggressive. She just had to be measured. She had to be in control. And she was that from start to finish in yesterday's match. And most critically, she was off the court in under an hour and a half. And for her to have the extra day off with Bianca Andreescu, no one worries about her level of tennis. It's always how healthy is she entering any given event. And you look for Andreescu 16 and nine overall on the season. You know, all nine losses though have been to top 50 players. You know, that six and zero loss to Ego where she played an extraordinary first set. And, you know, some of the other losses Andreescu has taken throughout the course of this season. The Junction when lost three sets in Canada. That was great tennis. She should have beaten Pliskova. She won what, like six straight games, eight straight games before losing that match in three in Berlin. And, you know, yes, she lost to Caroline Garcia, 6-7, 6-4, 6-4 in the Bad Hamburg final. 
It's really tough to beat a player twice in a row. I actually kind of like that Andrescu lost that match going into this one because she's now seen the Garcia serve the forehand. She knows what to expect in terms of Garcia's aggression. She understands, hey, I need to go after the plus one ball as I did against Haddad Maya, but it doesn't have to be a perfect winner because Garcia, while first in hold percentage, ranks 48th amongst top 50 players in how frequently she breaks serve. Uh, Garcia's an aggressive returner. She wants to take her chances and, you know, use the lead she builds on her own serve to allow her to be that much more aggressive. She's great as a front runner. Bianca Andreescu is unbelievable as an underdog. And Bianca Andreescu, more than anything else, I really should hit the over in this match. And you look over two and a half sets plus 130. I should throw that in as an additional ace here, but I don't want to overwhelm super producer Daniel Westoff, who has some obligations tonight. That's why we're recording the show a little bit earlier. Um, this match is going three sets. Like, Garcia's going to scrap. Her serve, her forehand are the most reliable weapons and are good enough to win her enough free points, even against a player of Andrescu's caliber, caliber excuse me, entering this match. That said, Bianca's a fighter. We saw last night the power of having the crowd behind you, and Andrescu is a former U.S. Open champion as one of the most charismatic players in the game. We'll have that New York crowd behind her. I just think Andrescu senses this moment. It's a wide open WTA tour landscape. Iga's the front runner, but she hasn't been playing her elite brand of tennis that we saw from her over the course of the first five months of this season as such. And she's on the other half of the draw. And you look for Andrescu, you know, the players on her side. Yes, Serena's still alive. Samsonova's playing great. Goff made the French Open final. Garcia's streaking. Shelby Rogers owns Jabour, always dangerous. Are any of those players definitively better than Bianca Andreescu in her mind? Absolutely not. This draw is open for Andreescu, and she got the first signature win she needed and looked excellent doing it against Beatriz Haddad Maya, who, by the way, with the lefty serve into Andreescu's body, the plus one forehand she's able to play with, her ability to play defense and offense, it's a heck of an opponent who can do more things than Caroline Garcia, even if Garcia's Plan A is better than Haddad Maya's plan A. I'm taking BB. I'm taking the crowd to back her. I'm taking the ability to pull off the spectacular that Bianca Andreescu has shown throughout the course of her career to thrive and reveal itself once again. I'm taking Andreescu on the money line, plus 120 over Caroline Garcia. And again, I don't have a strong statistical case. Garcia beat her earlier this season. You know, Andreescu, for what it's worth, a 51.3% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. The numbers still like the body of work of Andreescu more than they like the body of work of Caroline Garcia. I'm taking the moment. I'm taking this New York crowd, which has just been so spectacular throughout the course of this event. I'm taking Andrescu. I'm only going to put half a unit on it because I'm respecting Caroline Garcia, who has been that good. But give me Andrescu half a unit to win 0.6 in return, plus 120 money line. That's ace of the day number two. Ace of the day number three, another slight money line underdog. And by the way, for both of these money line underdogs, Bianca Andreescu and now Alex Diemenauer, who is plus 110 against Pablo Carreño Busta, what you hope for with both of these money lines, quick gambling strategy tip for all of you Cracked Rackets listeners, what you hope for is that each of these underdogs, Andreescu and Diemenauer, win the first sets. If they win the first sets, they now will become favorites according to the live odds. What you do then 
is place a live bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook, always available, on the then underdogs, in this case, Carino Busta and Caroline Garcia. And now you have money on underdogs on both sides of the equation, meaning, you know, you have Demon Hour and Drescue at plus 110, plus 120 odds. If the live odds make their opponents now underdogs, you have them at over plus 100 odds as well. And now no matter who wins the match, you're making money. That's how you game the system. It requires you to be focused. It requires you to live bet when the opportunities present themselves. But if you really want to ensure yourself money, ensure yourself you're on the winning side, you have to live bet in tennis. And, you know, if you think these underdogs are going to get off to quick starts, as I do in both of these instances, the moment their opponents are underdogs, please be clear, I will be live betting both of them. With that said, I think Alex Diemenauer is going to get off to a fast start against Pablo Carreño Boosted tomorrow. I think Pablo Carreño Boosted and Christian Green do not play that dissimilar styles of tennis. And obviously Carreño Boosted more effective, more efficient with his serve, which rips through the court with more depth, with more pace than Christian Green's. But both guys a little bit flatter on the backhand side, that backhand more placeholders. And again, Carreño Boosted places his backhand with better depth, better accuracy than Christian Green. But both of those guys want to be hitting forehands out of the ad side corner. And both of those guys want to be dictating with heavy topspin-based forehands. And Alex Diemenauer just saw what Pablo Carreño's boost is going to try to do, albeit to a lesser version, in his second-round matchup against Carreño Bustas. So I think Diemenauer comes out of the gates hot in this match. And you look for Alex Diemenauer quietly 20-9 and on hard courts this season. Now he's 10-8 and against top 50 opponents. But Diemenauer's reached at least the third round in seven of the last 10 hard court majors. He's reached at least the fourth round in two of the last three U.S. Opens, doing it in 2019 and in 2020. Three out of five sets brings out the best in Alex Diemenauer, who delivered us a victory earlier this week over Philip Krajinovic. I think the heavy inside-out topspin forehand of Pablo Carreño Busta plays perfectly into Diemenauer's backhand because Diemenauer wants to be absorbing the topspin of his opponent and using that top spin to drive his ball, whether it's down the line, cross court, driving the ball is never the issue. It's keeping that ball down and generating top spin, which Carreño Busta will do for Demon Hour. I also, again, does Pablo Carreño Busta, who is one of the 11 players in the men's game to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage, but he's not an elite server. He's 24th in hold percentage amongst top 50 players. He doesn't have an elite serve to pressure that big forehand backswing of Alex Diemenauer. Yeah, his forehand cross court is heavy, but it's not elite pace. And Cranio Busta really prefers to be hitting the forehand inside out. And again, Diemenauer's backhand well suited to handle that inside out game of Cranio Busta. Again, Carreño Bustos had a great year. 17-6 and six on hard courts this season. Obviously, he won the Canada title. He's 8-4 and four against top 50 opponents this season. He's reached at least the third round in 10 of the last 12 hard court majors. He's 10-14, and 14, though, against top 50 opponents at hard court slams. And while he's 10-8 and eight since 2017, you know, that's not that different than Demon Hour's 5-5 five five since the start of 2019. 
this is going to be a match that also likely goes over. And again, I probably should couple this bet with the over in this match. Over, it's a lot of games between these two. Over 37 and a half games is minus 130. So the match really has to go five sets for you to feel comfortable. You're still probably sweating it out, even if it's a tight four-set match. I think this match is a tight four-set victory for Alex Diemenauer. Now, it could absolutely go five. And again, for both this match, the Andrescu match, I will be live betting, praying that Diemenauer and Andrescu get off to fast starts in the opening set, that their opponents quickly become underdogs. Then you live bet the underdogs. You kick your feet up. You enjoy the tennis as you're making money no matter what. I think Alex Diemenauer, though, knocks off Cranio Busta tomorrow. I just think Diemenauer is moving extraordinarily well. I think he's hitting the serve well enough that he's going to have be able to generate some free points to keep pace with Cranio Busta. I also just think physically he's ready for the fight. And, you know, both guys have played seven sets through their first two matches. Both guys are two of the 15 fittest players in the men's game. Obviously, Diemenauer a little quicker. The pace, the strength of Cranio Busta a little bit better. It's going to be a tight match, but I'm taking the underdog, Alex Diemenauer, at plus 110. Now, again, half-unit bets on each of these underdogs. I'm not extraordinarily confident in either of them. I think there are going to be a lot of tight matches tomorrow across the board, but we'll take Diemenauer plus 110, half a unit to win .55 with that said, Let's look at that aforementioned rest of the board now. A lot of good matches on the men's and women's side. You look uh, in terms of the women's matches we have tomorrow. I mentioned that Samsonova Krunich match, obviously, and Durescu, uh taking on Garcia already. But the main event, Serena Williams taking on Alia Tamjanovic. Serena now a minus 170 favorite. The betting public and the Sharks, at least for now, don't think Tamjanovic has the weapons to hurt Serena consistently. That much like last night against Conteve, Serena's going to have opportunities to dictate from the center of the court that if she brings that aggression once again, her first serve is the biggest weapon on the court. That aggression, the power of the crowd behind her and perhaps equally the power of the crowd against her opponent, in this case, Tamjanovic, will drive and propel Serena to another victory. I understand the case for that. I would bet maybe the over in this match if I was going to lean any direction and over two and a half sets is plus 145. You could see Serena winning a first set, again, kind of pacing herself in the second only to escape with a victory in the third. Uh, But that's a stay away for me. That's a match I am kicking my feet up and enjoying the atmosphere that has been this Serena Williams run. I'll take Tom Janovich to win the match just to zag from what you're likely going to hear in other locations, but I think three sets at a minimum. I want no part of Goff Keys. I'm kicking my feet up enjoying that one. Goff, a minus 155 favorite. If you think that match goes the distance as I do, plus 125 for over two and a half sets. I mean, look, Keys served really well against Camilla Georgie, and her power tennis was the more consistent power tennis and allowed her through a match where Georgie played pretty well from start to finish. Keys does have the sort of weapons in the serve, in the pace of her ground strokes to make that golf forehand, particularly on these U.S. Open courts, uncomfortable. That said, Coco's serving extraordinarily well. She moves extraordinarily well. I want no part of that match from a betting perspective. I think I think Goff is going to escape in a tight three sets, but I don't feel confident either way. And those are two of the six players I do believe can win this women's event. 
Ongebor, minus 170 over Shelby Rogers. Eileen Rogers, who has moved from plus 155 all the way down to plus 140. She plays with the sort of power that just won't allow Jabor to get into her slices, her drop shots, her short angles, right? That power tennis disrupts your rhythm, and Jabor needs her rhythm to get into her book of tricks. Jabor's won a bunch of tight first sets. I could see Shelby with her serve sneaking out a breaker. I actually think Shelby wins this match, and again, her odds have moved down the gambling public seem to agree as well but three sets I like the over there plus 125 as well I think Jung Shui minus 195 I take her power tennis to just make Marino uncomfortable and ultimately I lean Jung Shui in that match but over three and a half sets you want to go that way plus 130 makes sense ditto for risk arbitrage Wang Shi Yu uh, that match plus 130 to go over risk a minus 145 favorite Risk minus one and a half games, minus 125 maybe, but she burned us yesterday, so I'm not going to bet her on her today. Shui Jung, by the way, you can get her from minus 195 money line to minus two and a half games. You think she's winning. She's probably going to cover two and a half games, minus 130 odds, more value there. You know, again, Rogers plus four and a half games, minus 175. Tomjanovic plus three and a half games, minus 130. All interesting propositions to keep in mind. I didn't mention Veronica Kudermatova. Minus 500 now against Golfy. I think she's going to advance fairly comfortably. I mean, again, though, looking at all the matches we have on the women's side, I think I have it down to six players who I think are most likely to win the event. Now, Iga plus 225. Iga was my pre-tournament pick on our draw preview to win the event. She's looked solid in her first two wins, straight sets over Paulini and Stevens. I think you get in on her now while she's still plus money. The six of the five other players I would turn to. I've made the case for Andrescu already. I just think there's magic in the air. She's plus 1,600. I think that bottom half of the draw is wide open. And so Samsonova's playing as well as anyone. I test perspective. She's 11 to 1. Coco Gauff has been as consistent as any player. She's 10 to 1. And then Own Shabur, 16 to 1. I mean, again, talk about as consistent as any player. She's second in the points race this year. I think those are the four most likely picks. I mean, do you see anyone else from the bottom half winning the tournament? Could Kudermatova do it? I don't think so. Could Tomjanovic do it? I don't think so. Madison Keys, maybe. And if you wanted to throw her in there, you could still get value betting this entire spread of players because they're all over 10 to 1 odds. I think those would be the players. Like, again, Goff, Samsonova, Andrescu, Jabour. And if you want to throw Caroline Garcia in there instead of Andrescu, so be it. I can understand that decision. Again, you can throw them, I think, both in and still get value on everyone. Those would be my wager dollar. See what happens. Futures picks on the women's side. That's how I feel, at least entering day five of this event. Of course, you look according to our friends at the Tennis Abstract. Singles forecast tomorrow's tightest match according to the odds. Andrescu, of course, against Garcia, 51.3% favorite, is Bianca Andrescu. Goff, also a for, uh, excuse me, a 58.4% favorite over Madison Keys. For what it's worth, Tom Janovich, 61.4% favorite over Serena Williams. With that said, let's move over to tomorrow's men's matches. Nick Kyrgios, minus 1,000 over J.J. Wolf. Kyrgios probably does win that match. His serve, his forehand, the pace he plays at, he'll just keep J.J. Wolf on the run. He'll keep J.J. playing defensively. That said, J.J. serve will push Nick Kyrgios off the baseline on the return. And 
JJ's forehand is just a legitimate weapon against any opponent. So I do think he hangs around. I think you take the over in that match. Over 33 and a half games is interesting to me at minus 115. Could Wolf take a set? Absolutely. And if he does, you're getting over 33 and a half games. That would be the value play for me on that match. But I do think Kyrgios ultimately advances. Murray Berrettini's tough. I mean, Berrettini played bad. In his round two victory, he escaped two seven six sets in sets three and four to secure the win. He couldn't make a return to save his life, refused to step in and hit the forehand return. And of course, Andy Murray looked good in sets two, three, and four against Emilio Nava. Says he feels as fit as he's felt in the past couple of seasons. And Andy Murray's always fared well against big servers. Andy Murray has the sort of backhand. He can't float it and hit the slice as much as he has at this stage of his career, but he's capable of driving backhands into that Berrettini ad side corner. At the same time, he's comfortable hitting his backhand down the line to keep Berrettini from cheating over, and he'll keep him honest. He's also serving above his career average and is more aggressive now with his plus one ball, will put Berrettini under pressure and not just be a counterpuncher throughout the course of that match. It's a stay away from a money line perspective. Berrettini, the minus 195 favorite. If I was going to say anything, I'd say take the over 37 and a half games at minus 120. Now, again, you're betting on that being a four or five set match and tightly contested. I think that's a fair wager to make. Um, I would also maybe take Andy Murray as a plus four and a half game underdog at minus 140. Doesn't necessarily have to win, but if he wins a set and loses a couple breakers, he's probably covering that four and a half game spread. Ebing Wu would push Daniil Medvedev if Ebing Wu wasn't just pushed to the brink against Nuno Borges. So I think Medvedev minus 3,000 will advance comfortably. I mean, a couple matches scare the crap out of me tomorrow. And, you know, all of them remaining, really. Draper versus Hachinov. Draper minus 145. He was dominant in a straight set win over Felix, obviously, in round two. But this is where Hachinov just sneaks one out and surprises you. And his serve, his forehand, you would think much like Felix's, will put Draper under pressure. Hatchinov being the tall righty, he is solid on that backhand wing. I think his backhand's better suited to handle the lefty game of Draper than Felix's was. That said, take the over in terms of games. Over 38 and a half games, minus 120. I think Hatchinov keeps that one sneaky close. Even him at plus 120 money line is intriguing to me. Kasparu to minus 185 favorite over Tommy Paul. Tommy's played a ton of tennis, but he's as fit as any player on tour, so I take the over in that as well. Lean root in four, but that's a fun rivalry between those two. And then are you really going to bet Davidovich Fokina minus 235? Just goes five sets with Fucevic. Daniel Galan, a five-set win as well. That's a stay away. Mute versus Kashin. Mute a minus 285 favorite, but that's a stay away for me. Still, a lot of fun matches on the board on day number five. And according to our friends at Tennis Abstract, Hachinov, a 53.9% favorite over Jack Draper. That's your closest match according to this formula. You also have PCB, a 55.8% favorite over Alex Demonauer. Should be a fun day five, though. And of course, we'll recap all of that action over on the Mini Break Podcast, as well as recapping day four and we've re- and recapping everything that happens at the year's final major. Of course, if you've missed any of the pods, you can find them all over on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an any job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Shout out, as well, to our friends at DraftKings. Remember, bet $1 and get $100 in free bets. 
odds with our promo code AOD. With that said, your aces of the day. Samsonova, minus five and a half games, minus 120, 1.2 units to win one. Then Andrescu, plus 120 money line over Garcia, half a unit to win 0.6. Demon Hour, plus 110 money line over PCB, half a unit to win 0.55. Don't forget, live betting is your friend. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Enjoy Friday's action. Thank you.